4: You're listening to Cork Today on
5: Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103.
6: Cork's greatest here!
5: It seems a mixed bag weather-wise for today but our lines are open 1850-333-103 Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 You can email across the show jp at c103.ie or tweet at c103cork Ahead on this morning's show the Smoky Coal Band that is now in place for four new Cork towns Mallow, Carrick, Middleton and Cove But what is the real impact for the ordinary household? We'll be chatting with the Mayor of County Cork Mary Lennon Foley because it is the local authority who enforce any break in the law when it comes to people who may use smoky coal instead of using smokeless coal now in those particular four towns also uh, staying with the fuel theme Electric Ireland came out yesterday evening and they have said they are going to hike electricity prices this winter but how indeed will that affect the market and will others follow suit also uh, we heard earlier this week that we are all going to face some new banking charges starts off with Bank of Ireland uh, but again others are also applying to the central bank uh, we heard on Tuesday that the central bank is considering a dozen applications from banks to increase the fees they impose on customers so we're going to be discussing that with Derek Cassidy of Bonkers.ie regarding electricity prices also on the issue of uh, the banks and what we could face from banks the biggest uh, worry for our people is because now we're all tapping more and using our cards more more rather than cash uh, will we see more charges on how much we tap on our cards well some banks give you money back for that some banks also charge you for that so we'll discuss that uh, with Bonkers.ie this morning and we're well aware over the last four or five months of dogs being stolen from the Cork area and it all kicked off really in the North Cork-Limerick border back in April when we first started highlighting this and then it spread unfortunately right across the county of Cork and now it seems uh, the dogs that are stolen Stolen from the Cork area are appearing for sale on UK websites. And of course, we know now Irish websites such as Dundeal. They're banning the sale of dogs on their sites. So the ads now are starting to appear on UK sites for Irish dogs and for Cork dogs. We're going to speak to Anne Murphy, a journalist with The Echo, who discovered this. Uh, She'll join us on the show this morning. And yesterday we received texts in from various parishes in Cork from people Uh, who were basically not happy with those who were helping them as they come into church for mass. Then we had others who were telling us that those helpers were being abused by people coming into the church, saying that they know about COVID and they don't need people to tell them where they sit. Uh, So due to the big reaction we got on this from people who feel they don't need the helpers in the church and others who feel the helpers, they don't mind them. They feel that they 're welcome that they, you know that they 're just to protect the people, and then the another large amount of text we got from people saying that it was sad to see those helpers being abused by people in some churches Now we got reaction from all. Uh, various parishes right across Corks. So we're not singling out just one area because we got similar texts from different areas so if we, if we pick out one area it'll be unfair to others and then it's also unfair on a particular helper in that town we could be identifying someone uh, incorrectly so we're not going to start men- mentioning names of people or anything like that but we are going to discuss that particular issue and we've invited Father Tim Hazelwood who's a parish priest in Killa now his area was not one of the ones we got texts in from uh, indeed we got we got very little uh, text from that area regarding this particular issue uh, but it did uh, cause a lot of debate yesterday. Got a number of emails We've a large amount of text in on that particular issue and they were uh, from the diocese of Cork, Ross and Klein. Unconscious we have uh, more than that, we have the diocese of Kerry as well of course here in the Cork area but the majority were from the two dioceses of Cork and Ross and Klein but still none from Father Tim's area. were just asking him to come on and raise the issue. Uh, but what is your view on that again this morning while we mentioned it with Simon on The Breakfast Show we have a number of texts in again from people uh, mixed views very mixed views some in favour of the helpers and some not in favour and some feel then uh, the way the church is laid out is all wrong I'll get to those shortly your views are welcome 1850-333-103 uh, you know, Bernie and Sadie taking your calls text or WhatsApp 86 and same numbers for your gardening questions because Peter Doddle is along after 12.30 th- today answering all your your gardening questions so if you have something you want to ask Peter get those into us as well across the morning Peter joining us after 12.30 you'll find more on Peter from the com. so that and more to come between now and one and as I mentioned our lines are open you can tweet us as well at c103cork or email across the show jp at c103.ie and uh, Golfgate which uh, took over the news for a number of days a few weeks ago it's still in the news because Fina Gale has now suspended one of their senators who was embroiled in that particular controversy. And he's now gone from its ruling national executive, Cork Senator Jerry Buttermore, who was forced of course to resign as Laskar from the Shannon, over his attendance of the Oroctus Golf Society dinner has been suspended indefinitely from Fine Gael's main decision making body. So uh, the fallout from that particular issue of Golfgate still uh, continues and will do for a long, long time it seems. And still a lot of people Uh, who were at the event are being asked questions on their attendance of that but the fallout continuing and this is something that I think a lot of people are worried about and it shows how social media could actually destroy uh, a particular area or certainly have concerns for business in an area because in the North Dublin town of Skerries, restaurant bookings uh, have been cancelled and this is as a result of local fears that there is a spike of COVID-19 infections and it's all following a social media video that Went viral and it was made by a group of young people speculating who might get the virus next. Now, concerns then were raised locally when the video started to circulate on Monday, and in it, a number of young women had separately recorded messages in which they nominated the names of people they guessed might become infected, following then an alleged positive diagnosis amongst their peers. And then it's believed the women had been at a particular social event in the recent past in Dublin City and a close contact of one of them had since been found to be COVID positive. And because of that, then the group were tested and the results uh, came back with reports that some of them had since also been found positive. Uh, Two sport clubs in Skerries closed their doors as a precaution after the video emerged and said they would remain closed until a clearer picture emerged. But a lot of businesses have noticed that they have been affected with cancellations, especially in the hospitality sector. And they're saying that this particular video has had a negative effect on businesses in the area. So it just shows and it was, I think it was TikTok is where that video appears. It just shows how a video like that can have a negative effect on the community. Uh, and by doing something like that, now businesses are suffering in the north town, uh, the north Dublin town of Skerries, And to Leaving search students, because the Leaving search results are going to be out on Monday. Uh, seemingly, students can look forward to a bumper set of results, but it will fuse a rise in points for college. And it could leave some disappointed. So while you're looking at the points maybe from last year and figuring out what they could be like for this year, as many do for the CEO, the points could increase uh, for a lot of the courses due to what some are saying, the generosity of teachers extended uh, to the tripling of some of the numbers of the H1s and more uh, because of changes and calculated grades this year because, of course, the actual leaving cert was cancelled. So there could be a hike in points for the CEO. We'll be discussing that nearer uh, the date uh, to... Monday and Jonathan on text yesterday evening, and this is something the Gardaí have said they're not going to take any great pleasure in doing. But Jonathan saying, while over the last four or five months we're all hearing about we're all in this together when it comes to COVID, a pure and real sense of solidarity. And then everybody was asked to wear a mask to protect each other, and people wore. But now people will be wearing a mask, not for the sense of staying in this together or solidarity but wearing a mask so we don't get a fine is solidarity now gone when it comes to the whole issue of COVID-19 asks Jonathan people now will be wearing a mask not because they feel they're protecting someone but because they feel they have to otherwise they get a fine well uh, Gardaí have issued a statement and they've said that they will have no great pleasure in handing out fines to people who are not wearing masks and so that's according to the Garda representative association after it emerged the health minister wants to bring in on the spot fines for people breaching public health rules and the GRA feels that the threat of a fine of up to €100 Euros could make it easier to police the wearing of face masks but again uh, there is mixed views on the introduction of fines and Jonathan is one of them there and staying with Covid of course yesterday one of the highest numbers since May 217 confirmed cases of COVID-19 Cork where there was uh, cases as well uh, Dublin had the highest of 103 though but uh, Dr. Ronan Glynn the acting chief medical officer at the Department of Health he says while the numbers of cases were high yesterday uh, and again it is the highest daily reported figure since May the 5 day moving average remains relatively stable at 115 cases per day however this is still a substantial number he says of cases and he heard just everyone to double down on their efforts now washing hands uh, social distancing and all of that face coverings Uh, so again just warning people but overall they don't seem too con- they are concerned, but uh, they don't seem too concerned. They have said we will see spikes up and down uh, for those numbers over uh, the coming months, like what we saw yesterday. And later today, we could be finding out who the new agricultural minister will be. Of course, the doll is resuming following its summer break. It wasn't due to resume this early. Uh, we heard uh, calls from opposition TDs here on the show over the last week or so calling for the doll to resume. It has. It's back today. And the, one of the uh, first jobs is to appoint a new agricultural minister uh, there is a few names for that being mentioned and there's also going to be changes then within uh, that because we could see new junior ministers also being appointed so we'll have to wait and see what happens across the morning our lines are open 1850-333-103 text or whatsapp 086-2103-103 also on a sporting front of course uh, this time 30 years ago uh, Cork well not now but in a few weeks time Cork would have been celebrating uh, the double the GAA double football and hurling All-Ireland wins back in 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 1990. And now to celebrate this and to remind people of the success of Cork GAA in 1990, Cork GAA and Marymount Hospice are calling on everybody in Cork to go red on September 16th to mark the 30th anniversary of that double win in 1990. The initiative is part of the brainchild of the current Cork GAA hurler, Connor Cahalan of course, you know his father, was on the winning 1990 football team and he aims to raise much money for the charity uh, Marymount Hospice, so I'm sure we'll hear more about that over the coming weeks. Our lines are open 1850 333 103. The smoky coal ban is now in effect for a number of towns in Cork for the first time. Carrick Cove, Middleton and Mallow joined the list of towns across the country. County Mayor Mary Lennon Foley joins me on this. Good morning to you Mary. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, and thanks for joining us. I suppose many welcome this as it does improve air quality uh, for those who have concerns and maybe who have and suffer from asthma and certain lung and chest problems. But then for others, they're looking at the cost and many feel that smokeless coal can be more costly than the smoky coal they're used to buying. Yes, and
1: that's true. And that's something I suppose at Cork County Council level that we were, that has been mentioned over numerous times. Myself and other councillors brought it forward as well in that, you know, it has to be affordable for people to be able to afford to use this smokeless coal. It has to be the same price as smoky coal, as we call it. So, like, that is one thing that we'd be hoping that the government will look at so that the cost isn't going to be any more expensive to use this coal, because we do know we're playing catch-up with our environment and everything else, so we have to do the best that we can do, and bringing in this into other towns now, I think there's something, it has been in for a long time in Bellarney, Glenmire, Ovens and all there, but Cove, Mallow and Middleton, are on, and tool have been added now. Um, since the 1st of September but yes I do agree with you and from listening to I suppose my constituents as well that's the worry it's the finance and it's the affordability of it
5: And while it's in force now we have people who have been on to us especially within the last week uh, from those towns I mentioned who were worried because they have stocked up for the winter so they've bought their fuel during the summer some feel it can be cheaper to buy fuel during the summer Would that be taken into consideration now for those who have already stocked of smoky fuel in those particular towns of Carrigtool, Cove, Middleton and Mallow?
1: Well, I would be hoping, to be honest, that um, their provider would be able to help them there and, you know, not charge them over the limit to transfer it to smokers,
5: you know? But is it a case that those who already have it in stock, that they're going to obviously be burning it maybe, well, hopefully not too soon. But if we, if we say late October, November, whenever the temperatures uh, decrease, uh, that this is something they have already in their coal sheds for a number of months and they're just using it up. I mean, could they be prosecuted for that or will Cork and the Council take a sensible uh, approach on this?
1: Oh, I would imagine Cork County Council will take a sensible approach on this. This isn't going to be knocking on doors um, from the 1st of September on now. But I would advise people from now on, if they are purchasing coal, to make sure in these areas that they purchase the smokeless.
5: And how will this be monitored? I mean, when people are looking towards the fines and the local authorities are responsible for enforcement of the smoky coal ban. And I know from other towns in various areas, the -the on-the-spot fine can range from €250 to €1,000. How is it going to be monitored in these towns? Is it going to be something similar that happens in Blarney and Glenmire? But I I suppose they're now under council for the city. Uh, How will Cork County Council deal with this?
1: They will, they, well, from what I can gather, they will, um, they will look at it, um, exactly the same way as the city is running it at the moment. So it will be a case of, we're only rolling this out, so it will be a case over the next few months that, um, we'll be making sure, and I suppose that people are, like you mentioned, aren't fined just because it's after being rolled out so straight away. But what we'll be doing is making sure that, um, it'll be monitored in the same way as it's monitored in the city.
5: And while we welcome the air quality does improve and we see that and we've seen it in the city areas especially whereby the reports have come back air quality has improved. Now it also shows uh, the level of air quality that is there and how the likes of trucks and cars can disimprove the air quality especially in city suburbs. Uh, there is an issue that I read in the Irish Times yesterday and this is where solid fuel sold in the north that isn't the su- subject to carbon tax and therefore uh, there is a situation that some bring that particular fuel into the state it's hard to know the difference seemingly between smoky coal lumps and smokeless coal lumps and some people where they think they're buying a smokeless coal are actually buying smoky coal is that something you're aware of and is that something that might not happen here this far south but something the local authorities not only here in Cork but across the country have to keep an eye on for those who feel they're buying and purchasing uh, the right coal and in the end they realise they have not
1: I wasn't aware of that, to be honest.
5: Yeah, and now it is something the that, that is affecting the northern border counties, but okay. uh, there's a fear because now the smoky coal ban is being, I suppose, expanding across the, the country that it could sneak into counties further south, like us here in Cork and, and, and Munster.
1: Well I'd be hoping that the providers will be responsible for that so that if you think you're buying um, a bag of smokeless coal basically and you realise afterwards for for some reason that it isn't that it would be the provider that would be responsible for that rather than the homeowner. That's what I would be hoping. But that is the first I've heard of that to be honest.
5: Yeah and and when it comes then to the monitoring of this and the expansion of this particular scheme I mean will we see other towns you're going to watch and see what happens here with these particular four towns. Will other county towns follow suit?
1: Yes, I would imagine so. Um, I suppose it's really just we're trying to do our best and we're trying to, I suppose, as you've mentioned, there to so many people with breathing issues and stuff like that. And the studies have shown that um, it does work smokeless coal does work and it does help the environment. So like I would imagine that it will be rolled out all over the county um, eventually but we're starting off, as I say, from the 1st of September with these towns.
5: And any indication of what other towns that Cork County the Council are earmarking for this particular scheme and and what could be the next town or towns hit by this ban?
1: I have no idea. I would imagine that if it's after continuing down as far as Tool, I would imagine that you would probably be looked at next and other small towns, and down west as well. So I would imagine eventually we are hoping that all towns would be smokeless in the
5: county OK and very finally Mary uh, we had a lot of storms over the last number of weeks in the Cork area roads were affected I know your colleagues in the West Cork area are looking uh, for money and, and a fund to be set up to deal with the roads that were washed away there particularly in various areas in Manway, Roscarbury Bantry Bandon and other areas that, that were affected Rathbury and more, and other areas of Cork are in the same situation from the heavy flooding over the last number of weeks is this something that the council can deliver and where will the money come from to deliver this. Also, a number of your colleagues are asking uh, for uh, n- not so much the man with the shovel back on the streets, but some temporary setup so that the drains can be cleared and the dikes can be dealt with on those roadsides.
1: Yes, um, we were at actually a CPG meeting yesterday with leaders um, and we, it was discussed at length with Tim, with, with our CEO. And it has been mentioned that, like, I was down there myself over the last number of weeks and I met with the minister and myself down there and they're just decimated down there it's horrendous the the amount of devastation that it has caused to the towns down there I just couldn't believe it you know and these were I suppose businesses small businesses that were just getting back up and running from COVID and just after opening their doors over the last number of weeks depending on tourism and to go down and look at the devastation was just unbelievable so it was discussed at length again yesterday and we're back into full council from next week on and it will be discussed again it is it's a case of we need more manpower. we need need more workers clearing the culverts, clearing the drains to make sure that they're clear for the likes of these rainfalls that we're getting and you know we're all on it, we're all working with our West Cork colleagues and I suppose myself as Mayor, um, I'm working with them as well, they're in contact with me all the time but it was discussed at length yesterday to try and get extra manpower out there and I know the ministers that have been down, um, Patrick O'Donovan and we were talking to Minister Michael McGrath as well, that they're going to make funds available for the people in the West Cork areas that have been hit
5: And are the council going to make that manpower available I know when I was speaking to Aidan Weir a senior engineer with Cork County Council at that particular time they were saying bringing back the type of man with the shovel may not work Uh, but do you need to bring something like that back for the moment to deal with that situation or would you like yourself as county mayor to see that old style brought back to the council
1: 100% and I would like to see it myself and I suppose coming from a am all setting myself um, I saw I suppose over the years And being a member of a local town council, I saw the power of the man with the shovel was in the area. He was always there, the shores were always cleared, the drains were always cleared. So I'd be 100% behind that. And if it's the case that I suppose they don't think it'll work by hiring him from council, maybe we need to bring him in privately at certain times of the year and hire private firms to make sure that all these jobs are done and these drains are cleared. Because we can't go back and we certainly don't want to see what we've seen over the last number of weeks, that what happened down in West Cork. need want to see any more of that happening anywhere in the county so whatever it's going to take it's going to take and we'll have to work with that and we'll have to do the best we can to make sure that it's looked after
5: and if this idea goes to council do you think they'll actually go ahead and do that cuz they could come back to you guys and say we've no funds we can't bring uh, those people in we can't bring those people in on a private capacity either uh, what if they come back and, and knock it on the head
1: Well, to be honest with you, there's a lot of times that the council come back and knock things on the head that councillors bring forward, but we always kind of find a way around it. So I would imagine, and I have to say that, Cork County Council were 100% on the ball down in West Cork over there, and the emergency services. You know, there was an emergency line there. People used it. People, Anyone that was in trouble, they were out within minutes to make sure and try and look after them. And all the council workers down there are doing their best. But at the same time, we need a bit extra now. And even if it is like other issues that we bring forward, turn down, we harp on us until we get our way, you know. That's what councillors do. We have to look after our constituents and we have to make sure that this doesn't happen again.
5: Okay well, and hopefully it won't happen again uh, for the moment Mary thanks for joining us uh, on the programme regarding those issues that is the County Mayor Mary Linnan Foley uh, from Yale and a reminder that Smoky Coal ban now in effect for Carrick Tool Cove, Middleton and indeed Mallow your viewers are welcome 1850 333 a text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. on the way Electric Ireland announcing electricity hikes on this coming winter uh, for their customers others will they follow suit and also can we see an increase Now, in banking charges, discussing with Dara Cassidy of Bonkers.ie next. Want to know what's happening in Cork? You're in the right place. This is Cork Today on C103. And a lot of comments in regarding smokeless coal. First of all, Mike saying, what will blacksmiths do now? Smokeless coal only breaks up in small particles and blows out of the fire. No good for heating. Steel gas is an option, but not great, says Mike. And also a texter here saying, regarding the smoky coal ban, I understand that it needs to be done, but surely there must be lead for people who have got some of this type of coal already and need to use it. I use doubles and smokeless coal myself and I can't. For to waste coal. Well, I did ask that to Mary Linton Foley, and she says the local authority, the council, will take that into account and will be mindful of those who have already stocked up. Uh, but I presume they'll only be mindful for the first few months of the particular ban. I would think that after November, maybe after Christmas, uh, they may be asking questions. But uh, from what she has said, that they will be mindful of people who have already have smokly, smoky coal in their particular bunkers uh, but as the time goes on uh, they won't be so lenient Anyhow, thank you for your texts and WhatsApp to 0862103103 More on smoky coal and the issue of that. We'll get back to those, but we'll stick with the fuel team uh, because yesterday evening we saw from Electric Ireland that they are going to increase their prices this winter. And we were discussing during the week also about banks and how we could be facing higher charges from our banks. Well, Dara Cassidy of the price comparison website bonkers.ie joins me on this. Good morning to you, Dara.
6: Good morning, Jumbo, Paul.
5: And thanks for joining us. We'll get to the bank shortly, but the big news, I suppose, this morning is that Electric Ireland are going to increase their bills from this winter, and the fear is others may follow on this.
6: Yes, yeah, so Electric Ireland announced yesterday that they're going to increase the price of electricity by 3.4% from the 1st of October, unfortunately. And 3.4% will add around 3 euro, or just under 3 euro a month, the average uh, um, monthly electricity bill. So it's not a huge amount of money, but obviously as we get into the colder winter months, electricity and gas usage tends to skyrocket. So this is probably the last thing that people wanted to hear. And of course, with more of us spending time at home due to COVID-19, there's been more pressure on, on, on energy bills. Some good news, though, is that they did at least, Electric Ireland announced, that gas prices would be frozen for the winter months. So even though electricity is going up slightly by 3.4%, they've agreed or they've committed to freezing gas prices for the winter months, which will probably be until at least February or early
5: March. Well, that's welcome news for those who have the gas with Electric Ireland. Anyhow, some positive news there. And as you mentioned, a lot of us, uh, some anyhow, are working from home more. So because of that, they're spending more time at home. They're using more of the appliances. Have Electric Ireland said why indeed they have to increase the price?
6: They have, and they're they're putting the, the blame to changes in the way the, the the wholesale market. Well, not the way the wholesale market works, but basically because of um, wholesale operator charges that are being passed on to them so electric Ireland is obviously a supplier of the electricity but they're charged to use the actual grid so the electricity grid and those operating charges have seemingly increased and electric Ireland are now saying that they feel forced to pass these on to consumers and it is somewhat outside of electric Ireland's control now you could argue that they could have absorbed a 3.4% price increase. And um, because even though these um, so called wholesale network operator charges are increasing, the price of, of gas and the price of coal, which we use to make our electricity, has fallen a huge amount over the past few months. And um, so, you know, you could argue that, 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 the, that the small increase could have been absorbed. And um, this may not be the last increase from suppliers. Like I said, this supplier charge is going to affect everyone. So we could unfortunately see some of the other competitors uh, follow suit over the next few weeks.
5: Yeah, and there's a few people on text this morning making the point that people are unhappy with their supplier, then switch to another supplier and that's the problem solved. Is it that easy? I know people are getting better when it comes to utility bills anyhow from switching around to the various companies, but could it be that easy? Could you change and then see another supplier increasing? Or for all, it's not as easy because some people tie into a year contract. They just might have just renewed that particular contract or two-year contracts?
6: We well, would always say at Bankers.ie that switching saves. Shopping around and switching always saves. And the reason is that businesses seldom reward loyalty. And I think in Ireland in particular, there's often the feeling amongst consumers that if we've been with our bank or our energy supplier or insurance provider for a few years, that we're going to get the best deal or that we're going to get the best rate. In fact, it's often the opposite. Usually the loyal consumers are the ones that end up actually getting ripped off. So as with any other utility, switching is always a good idea if you're looking to save money. And with energy, it's no different. There's 13 suppliers um, in the Irish market at the moment. So there's really never been more choice. Consumers. And switching gas and electricity is so simple. It's really one of the easiest bills you could switch, John Paul. And um, it could really be done online in the space of a few minutes. And um, very, very little paperwork involved. You don't even need to contact your existing supplier if you don't want to. And um, people at the moment who switch supplier... Could save around four hundred euro a year on their energy bills. So you know that would more than offset the price increase that we've uh, seen announced by Electric Ireland.
5: And again, on the contract side of it, though, people need to be careful because if you're in a contract, you can't break that, and you could be fined if you do.
6: You could. So if you leave a contract early, you're usually charged fifty euro per fuel. And um, so, if you have just your gas or just your electricity, if you leave before the twelve months are up, and um, it'll be fifty euro. But if you have both your gas and your electricity, you might be charged at uh, one hundred euro for leaving. And um, so, yes, yeah, so we'd always advise people to to look and make sure that they're not still in contract. Having said that, though, sometimes the savings can be so great, and depending on what rate someone is currently on, sometimes even if they're hit with the fifty euro charge, they can still actually. Save money over the course of the year by switching, even if they do, like I said, break their contract. Uh, but usually, and um, you know, I'd always advise people wait until your 12 months is up. But when the 12 months is up, and um, you know, start looking at switching to a cheaper provider or at least renegotiating with your existing one.
5: Yeah, and do the research, and you can do that by the the comparison websites that are out there, like your own at bonkers.ie. Uh, it is worth to have a look anyhow and see if you will save money while switching. But beware that the uh, prices for Electric Ireland, anyhow, will increase in the winter. And from uh, fuel prices to the banks, because we did hear earlier this week about uh, higher charges coming to us by way of the banks. I suppose Bank of Ireland is first out with this about their new monthly charge of six euros a month that will come to play uh, later in this year.
6: They they have. So the charges caused a lot of controversy. But I do think for most current account customers of Bank of Ireland, they should end up paying less each month going forward. But it really, really does depend on how you use your account. So Bank of Ireland used to have 26 charges for all sorts of things, such as withdrawing cash, making chip and pin payments, making contactless payments, uh, which could really, really add up and you know, a lot of your listeners who are Bank of Ireland customers, when their quarterly fees and charges statements came in, could often have been charged twenty, thirty, thirty-five euro a quarter, as it can really add up. The bank has now amended that fee structure and it's replaced it with a, a six euro flat monthly fee. So regardless really of how much you use your account or how many transactions you make, you'll just be charged six months, six euro a month going forward. Like I said, I think for most Bank of Ireland customers, they should see themselves pay less, although not everyone will pay less. Some people could end up paying more. And um, But even under the new fee structure, Bank of Ireland still isn't really that competitive. So, you know, always look at switching. There's 10 current account providers out there at the moment. So again, there's lots of choice and um, and I'll yes ultimately I think the flat fee structure from Bank of Ireland is welcome as it's, it's easier to understand there's better value right there for most people I'd say
5: And you mentioned there about tapping and people using that I know while Bank of Ireland well, they used to anyhow charge for that I know some banks charge some don't then I know a permanent TSB they have an issue whereby they do charge you a monthly fee uh, for their Explorer account but then the more you use the actual card you get money back so the more you tap you actually can make money back on your particular current account and I presume other banks try and do something like that uh, but the biggest fear that is coming when I mention tapping is because we're all using that more so now the, the fear is that banks will start charging for that particular service as we more uh, use tapping because of Covid and not cash is that something uh, that maybe you have seen over the years or are you worried at that i.e. that this could happen as well?
6: You you would be worried, as, as that's often how these charges come in. You know, they're free at the start, so the service is free. And as we get used to us and as we get addicted to us, they then bring in a, a fee. At the moment, Ulster Bank charges one cent for contactless transactions. Uh, Bank of Ireland used to charge um, one cent as well for contactless transactions. But now with this flat fee structure, it's going to be subsumed into the 6 euro monthly fee. AIB was planning on bringing in a one cent charge as well. And um, they were planning on bringing it in in March, but obviously because of COVID. And um, everyone, quite rightly, kicked up a stink, and they rode back on those charges. Uh, for, for the meantime, at least, and I, I think that you know you're right. There is a fear that as you get used to a certain feature, we're going to be charged more and more. I'd say that's probably as well one of the reasons why Bank of Ireland and um, brought in this six euro though monthly fee. And um, because they probably knew as well that the optics, optics in, in, in a post-COVID world of charging people for, for using the cards, which is what we should be doing from a health and safety point of view, I think, rather than using cash, they knew that the optics for that was going to be quite poor. And um, But, you know, if you have now a Bank of Ireland account thankfully, no matter how often you use uh, chip and pin or contactless, it's going to be the same. It's just going to be the, 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 the six euro a month. And like you said, with the permanent TSB Explorer account, even though it's also six euro a month, they'll actually pay you back 10 cents every time you use your card in store or online up to a maximum of five euro a month, which is good as well.
5: So there is value there for people to switch around but the one thing uh, when we do our research on this we'll be aware we seem to have a very small switching rate in Ireland when it comes to switching our bank accounts and even people here on text are saying while I would switch electricity I have never switched my bank uh, and a lot of people making the point that whoever or whenever they were in college whatever bank gave them the free mobile phone at the time that's the bank they tend to stay with and even get their mortgage from so have we a very low switching rate still when it comes to banking because it appears from the cause and. T- we have
6: we we do we actually have a a, a chronically low switching rate and whilst the level of gas and and electricity switching is quite strong and most years it averages around 15 to 20 percent which is really really good the level of switching current accounts is um, less than a tenth of one percent and so statistically you're actually as likely to switch your husband or wife over the course of your life as you are to switch your current account, which is absolutely crazy. And the banks know this. And this is why we get quite poor value sometimes with with, with banking products, uh, particularly now with current accounts. Um, there is a switching code in place, though, and I'd encourage people to to look into switching and to have confidence in the process. So around seven or eight years ago, the Central Bank of Ireland introduced a, a, a switching code of conduct that banks need to follow so that's to make the process as streamlined as possible and as smooth as possible. And whilst not a huge number, you know, not that huge numbers of people switch current accounts every week or every month. People do do it and they, and they get through the process absolutely fine. And you know, depending on how you use your current account and who you switch to, you could save yourself by our estimates maybe between 100 to 150 euro a year. Now, it's not a a huge amount of money, €150, but equally, I'd prefer that that money is in my pocket rather than the bank's pocket. Um, There's lots of, as well, options, like I keep saying. Um, We hear a lot, as well, about Revolut and N26.
5: Yeah, I was going to mention that the digital banks, which are making a huge impact now, as you mentioned Revolut, they're uh, making a big impact. Is that why we see so many of our uh, traditional banks, like Bank of Ireland and AIB, making these changes? Because they know what's coming down the line.
6: I think you're right. I think that's exactly what they're doing. And Revolut now has over a million customers in Ireland, according to the company, which is absolutely huge for a market as as small as Ireland. And N26, which is a German online bank, has about 200,000 customers. So they're going from strength to strength. They offer great value. They have few, if any, fees. They have great mobile apps. And um, obviously as online only banks they don't have any high street presence in Ireland or indeed anywhere else. So that is just one thing for people to bear in mind. Um, but I'd say lots of you listeners have a Revolut account. They probably have the app on their phone. And um, what we do find though, so, and I, I see it when I talk to people, is that lots of people are opening up a Revolut account or they're opening up an N twenty six account, but they're not necessarily fully switching. So they're still keeping their AIB accounts or their Ulster Bank accounts. And um, and I think it's Probably now slowly though beginning to change, and that some people now that they've got you know so comfortable with Revolut and they realise that they can do almost anything with their Revolut account that they can do with their older account, and now slowly but surely beginning to close maybe their you know their ARB account, the Bank of Ireland account, uh, and this is why we're beginning to see the banks react. And of course, there's a whole generation of kids growing up now you know who are 15, 16, 17, 18, and who will be starting in college uh, who previously you know, or at least in our generation, would have opened up a current account with one of the main banks and would have stayed with them, who now will say, actually do you know what? I don't want an ARB account, I don't want an Ulster Bank account. I have Revolut and I'm gonna stick with them. And that's really going to yeah, you know, uh, impact. impact on the
5: banks. It is, uh, of course, an impact in the future when it comes to branches as well. If more people go on the digital and online side of things, which, as you mentioned, they probably will, because uh, it's easier having the app. And that's the way they are growing up. They're growing up with apps and, and online technology. For the moment, Dara, uh, thank you for that. And we'll wait and see what happens over the next few months with the other electricity providers and indeed the banks. But thanks for joining us this morning.
6: You're welcome.
5: Thank you. Derek Cassidy there of the price comparison website bonkers.ie and you can check out their website uh, for the various prices and offers on from various companies in both banking and indeed electricity and gas. A number of calls and comments and I'll get to those shortly but just going back to the issue of coal that we spoke about and the smoky coal issue and the ban that is coming into four Cork towns now. On this a lot of people asking this question. We've got the answer from Cork at the Council. Can you tell uh, if we can still go ahead and burn blocks and stuff in our fire. Well on that according to the uh, council yes you can burn untreated wood, turf peach briquettes dried wooden logs and wood pellets so you can burn those in your particular fire and also staying with this issue uh, a texter here saying all I can say is God help us all when we have to use smokeless coal great for the air and less fumes but a fire with smokeless coal is like the most miserable fire ever no use for it so I'm out as they say guests turn on the oil until they get rid of that as well turf, fire, normal coal and a block is the bloody job says that particular person on WhatsApp to 0862-103-103 and a lot of people asking will the fuel allowance now increase this year because of this well this is happening just in four Cork towns Now that's not to say the fuel allowance will increase or not we did check in with uh, the department earlier in the summer when this was first announced that more Cork towns will be enforcing this particular ban at that time there was no plans to increase it due to a particular smoky coal ban but that's not to say the government in place uh, may decide to do something at the budget and that will be next month so we'll have to wait and see for a definite answer on that next month Uh, but just increasing it because your town is in the smoky coal ban no that won't be happening but overall on a national scheme of things increases that could happen but we'll have to wait for the budget next month on that uh, your calls and comments are welcome 1850-333-103 Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning or indeed text or whatsapp 86 103 103 uh, but we got a few calls yesterday uh, regarding people who were attending court for various things in Mallow but a lot of people were gathered outside and around the courthouse area of Mallow. Some felt uh, maybe too many, considering the restrictions that are in place at the moment. Well, one of those that contacted us was independent councillor uh, Frank Roach who joins me. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, John Paul. Just outlined what you saw yesterday at the courthouse in Mallow. Um, there was a,
4: a, 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 a people uh, congested outside the, the courthouse. Um, no. Uh, there was actually I counted the people at one stage, and there was 108 people standing in in the the roadway between Albert Lynch's bar and the courthouse. No, it um, all those people had been invited in there by the court services.
5: And no, is it, it that the people that were outside they could not enter into the actual courthouse while another sitting was on, and they were waiting to go in uh, due to COVID right. restrictions? I presume. That's right. That's
4: right. That's right. Now, what happened inside? the uh, the restrictions were fully um, above board inside the courthouse. There was social distancing. Uh, there were screens in front of the, the, between the solicitors and the judges. Everything inside the court was done 100%. The court staff acted professionally. Everything was 100%. But to the gathering of people that were invited uh, to be inside at the court house on, on yesterday morning. Now, people got letters out from the court services during the week, saying that you were there at half of 10, half of 11, half of 12 different times, but by one o'clock, everybody had had congregated outside the courthouse, and as I say, there was well in excess of 100 people standing together, I looked, there was four people wearing masks, and everybody standing there, there was no social distancing, because of and down.
5: And do you know why, I mean, is it a case of that there was too many courts on in the one day? Or again, going back to the fact that something ran over, and usually people would be outside, but you'd have more inside, and because of the restrictions, they they could not have uh, the usual level of people within that particular building.
4: Well, that's true. Um, Court cases did run over. But the judge could not possibly have handled the amount of cases that were to be on yesterday. And I can't understand why they invited so many people in there, knowing the times are having, knowing the times are having, yeah, and...
5: And you're worried about, the fact there's so many people gathered in one spot in the town, given there was over the amount of people that should be gathering together?
4: It was an absolute disgrace, and they were all invited in there by our court services. Now, there was one particular person came over to me, knowing that I was a public representative. His wife is suffering from cancer. He told me that since the restrictions started, all they're actually doing is just going to the shop, getting a few messages. He's going nowhere. He's trying to keep out of contact with people. And that poor man was invited in at half past 10 in the morning. He didn't leave the courthouse till 3 o'clock or, or, or well after 3 o'clock. And he had to stand inside among well in excess of 100 people all day. And he worried and concerned. What was he going to take home to his his wife who suffered from cancer?
5: And none of them could move elsewhere because I suppose if they did, they'd be afraid if they missed their calling into the courthouse, is that it?
4: That's exactly it. Now, they did come out at about one o'clock and uh, called names and told people that your case won't be until half of two, you can go away and come back at half of two. Now, there was an awful lot of cases adjourned and if when they were being adjourned, they should have known that beforehand. And what they should actually have done is just contacted people and said, Your case is going to be adjourned, you don't have to to turn up and that would have eliminated an awful lot of the crowd.
5: And usually in a case like this there's Guardi around the courthouse. Was the Guardi there yesterday outside the courthouse? And, no. and were they not moving people around? No, there was
4: no gadi outside the courthouse. There
5: were the Gaddy acted professionally within the courthouse, but there was
4: no gadi Well, no, they they walked in in and out, but they didn't. And there was no Gaddy told anybody to stay apart or anything.
5: But you felt, as your role as an independent councillor, that this wasn't safe enough for Mallow as a town, but also for those who were going into the courthouse for whatever reason. They shouldn't have been allowed left outside for two, three, four, or five hours. Uh, it, there, it was raining yesterday afternoon, but outside of that, gathering in large numbers, considering uh, why, what everybody is doing in the middle of this pandemic and people trying to behave and keep COVID from their door. Uh, Frank, we will get onto the court, ser- court services and see what they say to us and what they come back with. I mean, have you spoken to anybody in your capacity as a councillor from the court service yesterday afternoon?
4: Well, I didn't, but I couldn't fault what but they, they, they handled the situation the best way they possibly could. Because of the situation I had arose, but the problem was to invite all those people in there yesterday. I think was totally ridiculous, because what went on with inside the courthouse was well controlled. That was 100% perfect. Nobody could complain. But what 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 went on outside the courthouse? But those people were all invited by the court services. It was the week before when they were sending out letters to let us invite the people in. It should have been organised better.
5: Okay Frank Well thanks for joining us this morning That is Independent Councillor Frank Roach And we will and we have uh, Push a call into the court services And we'll wait for a response from them The main thing
1: It's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up You can already hear the beach waves Feel the warm breeze Relax And think about Work You
0: really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
5: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends.
3: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's
5: BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. there was people who were surprised to see a large gathering of people waiting to go into court, gathered near the particular courthouse in Malo yesterday considering everything being said about crowds gathering and they shouldn't be a gathering in, in in a nearby area. Obviously these people were gathering because they were waiting to see uh, when they would be called, when they were told a certain time they went away but still uh, there was uh, large numbers there due to uh, the capacity at the particular courthouse and obviously they couldn't have everybody inside them as well. Anyway your, your views are welcome, maybe you saw that yesterday, we we will uh, wait for what the court services come back with on that 1850 333103. Daniel on text though says I think there's another scam going around. It's a message that he got uh, and the message came from a Daniel sorry this, is, this isn't this is from Daniel. The message he got was from a Daniel and it said that my post cannot be sent as two euro needs to be paid and you click on the link and he just wants to warn others. And yes that was mentioned on our Garda file but no harm to mention it again that uh, for many people who are using UmPUS services you get a text claiming uh, that it's from someone in on post and that you, whatever you post it cannot go because it needs more money, and then people are clicking on that link and giving their credit card details, but it's a lot more than two euro is taken out of your account anyhow beware of that that particular message our text I got uh, came from a Daniel claiming to be from on post of course it wasn't on post and also be careful of those links you get on text because I mean, you'll know Post is Unpost.au. You'll be aware of the familiar websites. Some of those have different names and they might say post-office-ireland.com, which isn't on post. So beware of those scams that are going around at the moment. And on the church issue, which we'll be discussing later in the show, uh, Texa here is saying, Hi JP, it states that in our local church you go up the centre of the aisle and down the side, which is the right thing. But sadly, this is not so, as it's taped off halfway down, making it a health and safety issue, plus a massive fire hazard. Are you for real saying that they those helpers are keeping us and you safe? It's a pure joke, says that particular texter. Another texter saying, I know people that do not go to Mass now as a result of these people who are bossy and these helpers. It's not right. We know what to do uh, and how do they think we manage every other day, says this particular texter. And this is on the issue of helpers at the churches, guiding people to their seats. Uh, those Some texters are saying that they disagree with them and they feel they don't need these people in the church and that they're too bossy, while others have no issue with them. And then we had other people onto us yesterday who felt that those helpers were being abused by people uh, and they saw them visibly upset at the church uh, during the weekend because of the abuse they received from people who said, that we will not be told where to sit and they'll sit where they want uh, and seem to be a lot of issues in some churches regarding this not all churches but just as some uh, churches we're getting here a, a mixture of them uh, across the morning and indeed yesterday afternoon uh, we'll continue on with this a text here saying our church is managing without helpers because our congregation is small and they all stay six feet apart. But I was in a bigger church last Sunday where they had helpers, and I was glad to see them only for the helpers. No one would go to the seats in the top of the church, and the back would have been full. This texter is saying there is some strange individuals out there, says that particular texter while Marguerite says there are they are stewarding in our local church at the moment, and I think it's brilliant that they're there for Mass. It makes it easier uh, for people. Uh, while another person not in agreement, and feels we don't need helpers and that they are people who think that the power they have for helping people has gone to their head. While another text says, Hi JP, I don't understand why you're inviting a priest from a church that doesn't have problems to talk about the churches that have massive problems. He can't possibly comment on something he isn't familiar with. Uh, Well, we never said he doesn't have a problem in his church. Uh, This man is a spokesperson for the Catholic Priests uh, organisation, so he'll be talking on an overview. But I wanted to make the point that we got no calls from his parish. I didn't want to be singling out his particular parish in East Cork. And that's why I said that, because there's so many various parishes coming in. If we start naming them all, uh, we'll be here all day because Cork is a very big county. But apart from that, I don't want to be singling out a particular person in a parish either and I'm sure you'll understand that legally you can't be just naming people willy-nilly I have no proof of a certain person in a parish and if I mention one church there could be just one person in a particular small rural area and it would be unfair to single out a person and cause them upset so uh, and i I understand there is bigger churches out there who have uh, more than one person in charge, but uh, we have so many different churches onto us with mixed views, some welcome the helpers and some don't uh, but we're we're not naming individuals or naming churches, but this particular person would be dealing with the priests right across Cork County, right across the diocese of Cork Ross and Klein, so I was well aware of that particular situation uh, but I wanted to highlight that we've got no cause here that could be going on in his trust too but we got no calls from his parish. I just wanted that to go out there because I don't want people uh, who are, are volunteering in a parish to be upset uh, and to be singled out in any way. So we did get no calls from his particular parish. But we have got calls in other areas and that's the reason I said that. You have to be very careful with these topics. It's, it's not fair to be uh, singling out an individual who's volunteering in a church because someone said something and, and there's big legal matters there. as so well. That's why I just said that, that. It wasn't... He know what he's on about but his parish we got no calls from that's what I meant when I mentioned that uh, but we'll get back to that Charlie though, was making a point Charlie says why can't people just go to mass to pray it doesn't matter where they sit does it matter who is telling them where this is? My gosh, what is with these people? I'm surprised what I'm hearing this morning on the radio. They should not be going to any mass if that's to carry on. Bitter people, says Charlie on text to 2103103 On the way, the issue of dogs stolen from the Cork area over the last while, which we've heard so much about. We are well aware that Dundeal now has banned the sale of dogs on their websites, but... Uh, it appears that the dogs that are for sale are now appearing on UK websites. We'll speak uh, with the journalist Anne Murphy, who discovered this from The Echo. She'll join us next. C103 jobs. And jobs today available Carbury Tires currently have a position for a car mechanic and a tire fisher. Contact Tom on 087 or email carburytires at gmail.com. Dukon Concrete. They're looking for a maintenance technician to join their team. Experience in the mechanical field and working with the concrete manufacturing process. You can apply with your CV to info at dukonconcrete.com. An experienced childminder is required for a six month old baby and a school-going child. Three days per week in the Kentucky area. Your own transport is essential. Call 087 644 3117 for further information. You'll find these jobs and more online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs you're listening to cork today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed
1: Cork today on
5: C 103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333
1: 103.
5: Now, we discussed that length from callers to the show over the last number of months about dogs stolen from various parts of Cork. And once there, many suspect gangs were stealing these dogs uh, with a bid to either breeding them or selling them on for high prices. Well, Dundee has banned the sale of dogs on its website, but Irish dogs are appearing on sale on UK websites. And Anne Murphy, a journalist with the Echo, is writing about. About this and joins me good morning to you Anne good morning John Paul. and thanks for joining us I mean we're well aware that Irish websites such as Dundeal has banned these adverts uh, you found out now that people and, and these guys are working around that particular ban and dogs are appearing on UK websites yes there
3: in the last uh, couple of weeks there have been a number of uh, adverts on uh, classified websites in the UK Classified advert websites in the uk um offering dogs for sale and they include one um group of puppies from the park area apparently um and they are being offered for sale at the moment for fourteen hundred pounds and they are supposed to be Cocker spaniel pups um at, uh, the Irish price obviously would be one uh, one thousand one hundred euros.
5: Oh, that's a huge price and we're well aware they are charging massive prices for the demand that is out there for dogs. Uh, And is it a situation then that we are seeing because these dogs are appearing on UK websites, are people who were looking for their dogs here in Ireland more or less realised they have been stolen? Are they now looking on these sites to see can they find their own dogs?
3: Yes, and there have been a number of uh, people who've had their dogs stolen actually putting ads on these websites. Um, with pictures of their own dogs and outlining the circumstances of when they were last seen and um, uh, believing that the animals had been stolen and possibly taken to the UK for sale over there. And just in the last 24 hours as well, I've come across adverts um, on Facebook Marketplace um, by people offering dogs for sale on both sites instead as well of the Dundee, which, as you said earlier on, have taken steps to remove
5: um, dogs for sale from that So they're on the the marketplace on Facebook, and they're redirecting people to go on a UK site to selling no. a dog. No.
3: No, it's just a a, a new progression again um, that people who have dogs for sale are now using other ways of doing it. Oh, so they're they,
5: using the marketplace on Facebook yes. to sell it. Oh, yes. God. So, and are these the scammers, do you know, that are using the Facebook marketing so to sell their dogs and get in, and back selling it on the Irish market rather than going I'm not through a UK sure site? At the
3: moment. I'm, I'm digging into it at the moment, but there is one very positive story emerging this morning, and we've covered it on Echo Live today. Um, one person whose dog was stolen nine years ago actually got a phone call recently um, that their husky dog, who was now eleven years old, had been found and recovered in Limerick, and the dog has been reunited with his car owner in the last couple of weeks.
5: Oh wow, that's fantastic! For
3: a, a grooming in, in Cork City this uh, this past weekend.
5: That's fantastic news, and obviously the dog nine years is a long time. I mean. Uh, how did they re- how did they reunite? I mean, were, were the owner and the dog? So, did the dog remember the owner, and how did they the re- dog
3: remember the owner? Um, no, I have I haven't spoken to the owner yet. I have spoken to Derek O'Brien of the spa, um, that's a, a grooming salon in Douglas, and he met the dog on Saturday, and the owner, um, who was after bringing his beloved pet. And um, to get uh, a special treat after being returned home, but he had been reunited with the dog after um, the details on the microchip were, um, you know, linked back to the owner. And when the dog saw his original owner, he recognised him again.
5: And the owner kept searching for that particular dog. So for nine years, and it took the microchip to to actually locate yeah. the dog. Where was the dog? Or can we can we get the into dog was in Limerick? Whoa. And what, yeah. what was it with a family or?
3: No, I believe not. I, I believe that the dog was actually found by Gardy when they were doing a search.
5: Oh. and was it in some kind of compound for that at the time, or was it sold I'm on to somebody else? I'm
3: waiting to speak to the oh. owner this morning, so um, I haven't got the full details of it yet. Um, but um, hopefully, we'll be able to find out more details later on today. But. Um, it generally is a, a good story of how the microchip can help lead the dog back home even if it is nine years
5: later Totally yeah even if it is that length of time and great to uh, hear that the dog recognise its owner after that length of time but also uh, that it gives hope to those who've had their dog stolen over the last number of years or over the last number of months and if they are microchipped that they can find their way back home and I know we keep getting calls here and as well I'm sure you were I mean only last week I was getting calls from people in the raw area of McCroom who had early morning callers coming to their door querying about this and that but yes. the primarily question was looking about or asking about a dog or a pet in the household uh, so it's still going on?
3: It is still going on. Now it seems to be a little quieter than it had been um, in, in uh, about a month ago it was um, extremely busy on um, groups that I mean um, in relation to uh, dogs that were stolen um, but it is still happening
5: and I, maybe it's because of all the publicity, but do, do you think that has maybe calmed the situation? Maybe those who were stealing the dogs are are, are leaving Ireland now and, and going back elsewhere, or those in Ireland are, are changing their, their tactic? Would that, could that be something that we have to look out for?
3: Well, I think it's, um, it certainly has changed a little bit in that they are being being sold on UK websites. Um, I suppose the, the cracking down on the Dundee website um, by Dundee has, kind of cut off one element of sale of for these people um, but I think it is still definitely happening but the, it does not seem to be as rampant as it was and the reason for that I am not sure what that is. <sighs>
5: Yeah, well, people are more aware now, so hopefully that uh, the awareness out there has led people to protecting their animals more, and maybe that is why people are finding it difficult. Well, every area of Cork has been unfortunately affected by this. Uh, and have, I know you mentioned the nine-year-old story there, which is great. Do we know of any more who've had their dogs stolen and they have been returned in the last while? Are there more stories coming out?
3: Um, there was one case recently um, of, a, of a man in the Navarre area whose dog was found in Limerick and his dog was returned to him by the guard. He would, that was a, a um, lot less length of time that the dog was separated from his from his owner. I think that was a number of months. Um, and there have been other cases as well where dogs have been found recently by guards in, in large groupings and I'm sure efforts are being made to return those to their families too.
5: And while Gardaí investigate those, I mean, it is a gang, basically, I presume, going around, that they have identified these various gangs.
3: Yeah, and and I think it's more than than one gang, basically. It it seems to be um, a number of different individuals involved in this, um, and they are very sophisticated. In some cases, drones are being used to fly over estates in residential areas to find out where there are dogs. In other cases, there have been reports of um, bangers being set off to upset dogs and help the would-be raiders find out where dogs are. Um, there's just um, uh, all different kinds of tricks being used by these people to find out where there are dogs.
5: Okay, and a word of warning, just again, just be careful. If you have a dog in your house, then be careful of, of what those gangs are doing because unfortunately we still are getting calls from various areas of the county that they are calling and the latest was from the McCroom area. For the moment, and thanks for joining us on that update this morning
3: thank you. Uh,
5: that's Anne Murphy there, a journalist with the Echo and uh, good news, a bit of hope there the fact that a dog was reunited nine years later with his owner but also just be aware uh, they are still around those gangs not as uh, not as many as there would have been. I think the publicity hopefully has highlighted this and people are being more careful and the fact that there have uh, been so many uh, uh, dogs reunited with owners. Gardy have made some impact and found those particular gangs but there's more than one uh, operating not only here in Munster but across the country as well uh, so mind your pets and I know I have a text in here from Jack who says a few nights ago we had a guy who just basically shook the gate to our home our had started barking uh, when we went out he was just saying that he was trying to find a certain house but it was a bit suspicious thankfully our dogs was locked up so they are uh, and still out there and this was again in the McCroom area so Again, I'm not sure why they hit certain areas, but they do. But they seem to be in the McCroom area uh, for the last two weeks, so just beware. Uh, if you own pets in that area and anywhere uh, that still uh, there is a possibility the gangs are out there at the moment and be aware of that 1850 333 103 lines open Court today on scene 103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 103 Yesterday in the final hour of the show we received texts and calls from people who felt the helpers at churches guiding people to their seats and adhering to the restrictions for COVID-19 were preventing lay people having have a peaceful mass. One texter felt they know about COVID and did not need a layperson telling another layperson about COVID. And then uh, they were telling them that we can watch and listen to the news themselves. We didn't need to be told what was happening in the world. While other texters uh, felt that the helpers were the correct thing to have in place for the church. And others felt sorry for helpers and said that they were being abused uh, while others were coming into the church. People saying to them that they will sit where they want to sit. Well, uh, to discuss this, we are joined by Father Tim Hazel. Who is a parish priest in Killa? By the way, we did not get any calls from that parish uh, because Father Tim is also uh, with the Association of Catholic Priests, and that's why we're asking him to join us this morning. Uh, Good morning to you, Father Tim. Good morning, John Paul, Good and morning. thanks for joining us. Now, as I said, th- th- this wasn't in your own parish we got calls from, but maybe it's something you have seen have been in your been parish. John Paul. It could have been. <laughs> maybe it's something you have seen uh, in your area, and it's, it caused a lot of upset yesterday. People had mixed views on this. Uh, some were against the helpers, some were for them, and some had seen the abuse they got. What have you heard overall uh, from the Cork area?
2: Well, I think uh, overall, just like every in society, the majority I think are happy enough with them. But, like, you must remember that some people have been used to sitting in the same seat, their family sat in the same seat, and then you have somebody telling them where they can and cannot sit. And that's, I can understand how people could be upset. But, like, if you look at the bigger picture, you know, that the reason that the helpers are there is to keep people safe. We have guidelines that we're asked to, to keep to. So, and, like, where the problem really exists is. When people arrive together at the church, they come to the church and automatically in Ireland we sit at the back, but the people in the back are full. So you arrive in, and a lot of people arrive in together. They see the seats full together, then they start congregating, standing at the back, and that's what what um, our ushers are trained to do. And we've been very strong in saying, look, that they're welcoming, but they're also inviting. You know, just say, look, I'll find a seat for you and stuff like that. Like this thing of telling people. It's very difficult. But what's happened also is that people come in and just head for a seat where there are people already sitting. And to be honest, with you, it terrorises people who are already sitting there who are maybe nervous.
5: Well, we no. got that yesterday from a person who said they were, there was a husband and wife sitting in a seat and then another person came in and walked past them. And they they did feel nervous. They said that they, they, that shouldn't have happened. Uh, but the person bolted in past them and sat down. So there was more uh, then in that particular seat. While others then are saying that they know they have to sanitise and they don't need to be told about sanitising going into the church by these ushers. But
2: if you go into the supermarket, if you go into a restaurant, you're told... I've been told because I have forgotten in some places. So, like that's all we're doing is just reminding. And you know, uh, if people don't like to be reminded, well, these are the guidelines we've been given. So we have to. And um, I think people are just some people, which gets me a bit frustrating, I suppose. And what I find myself too, is that I'm repeating instructions because uh, to follow about. Communion time and uh, about leaving the church and but if people haven't been coming all the time, I feel I need to say it every week because well we forget like I, we have we give out communion by each section so and they go around in a circle. But there's always somebody from another section who just walks straight up, you know?
5: Well, that's one, one person is making that point that in some churches it states that you go up the centre and down the side aisle. But then in some churches the side aisle is tipped off halfway down and then people are crossing over. Uh, so there is uh, issues that they're saying then when it comes to that.
2: Well, I think that's where you go and you have a chat with the priest or with the, the pastoral council. And, and, you know, like, it, I think we would, we would take any... Constructive um, suggestions on board because uh, this is new to us. We've been given guidelines. Every church is different. Um, and, you know, we're trying to do the best we can for people. I hate that it would come that people find um, the experience of coming to church has a- a- been too difficult for them. And I know it is for some. Like, for sometimes now, some of our people stand outside and are nervous to come in. And that's okay. But, um, So I think if you have a suggestion, go and say it, you know, and I think people would take it on board.
5: And one of, you mentioned those people who always sit in their particular seat. I mean, what can be arranged for those people who just want to sit in that particular seat and then they're told they cannot? And as one lady said yesterday, she could hear a person abused, as she said, a helper, and say, I will sit in my seat. I will not be told where I want to sit. I mean, in those situations, because people go to pray and, and, and Mass is supposed to be peaceful, but then when you hear a fight at the end of the church, right. it's the last thing you expect when you're going to your, your weekend Mass. The only
2: thing I'd say is that. There are there there is a certain percentage out there who who are claustrophobic and who find going up the church very difficult. And we would have allowances for you know we try and keep a few seats at the back for people whom we know. And like I think if you have a problem like that, go and it to yourself. But the other important thing is come a little bit earlier. You know, come if you need to sit somewhere where you up near a door or something. You come that little bit earlier, but like badging in when the church is nearly, you know, when all the seats are nearly gone demanding to sit somewhere, I don't think that's very reasonable.
5: And what then would you be saying to those? I mean, when if, if you're discussing this with other priests in the Cork area, because a lot of callers yesterday, while they were asking about and not happy with the helpers, other people said they're very happy, they're happy the helpers are there, they're, they're glad they're asking people to sanitise, they're glad they're showing people to the because they're making them feel safe in the church. And then we had people who were already in the church and felt that while people were abusing uh, the particular helpers and giving out to them and uh, making known that they're well aware of the COVID restrictions and what's going on and they don't need to be told, uh, they were saying uh, should they be excluded from the church I mean one lady yesterday said while she was sitting in the seat her husband goes to her if that was me at the door I would have kicked that person out and shut the door I mean uh, in that particular situation uh, is that something the church want to go or want to do if uh, someone well, is very but abusive what we, we have are stewards and that bounces we you might need uh, them the way I, things are going I, I,
2: I, I think you'll always have somebody that could come just in bad form to Mass. Do you know, and like we have our ushers are trained. Uh, we've spoken about this quite a bit and and not to react. It's, it's very difficult but just to smile and say, look, we're doing our best if we can help you. You know, if somebody's going to come in with that kind of attitude, you're not going to change them that day. But I, I think when you hear the reaction of other listeners, no, what they're saying, you know, I think... The, People will come around because people won't people get annoyed when they see that kind of thing coming on. What I'd be afraid of is that our Russians will get too much abuse, you know. It's, some of our Russians now find it very difficult to, to tell. There's only a few who would stand at the back and bring people to their seats. There are others who give out the leaflet aftermath of it, but wouldn't feel they'd be confident enough, you know, or strong enough to be able to say it to people, you know. Some of our, Russians, you know, our when they're used to that
5: and they're all volunteers I presume Father Tim.
2: All volunteers. Yeah. All volunteers doing it coming early doing that as well. and it's as that a lot of them are staying in to clean down the seats you know and there's no volunteer.
5: They're sanitising the seats following the, 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 the church the mass.
2: After, after each mass. So like, they're very good now. We, we, we couldn't
5: operate without. And, and what about then the people who were texting in yesterday saying the church is for all the people, that they cannot stop us coming in and sitting down where we want. And there was an issue in the church over the weekend whereby the church got full. It got above the numbers that should be within that particular church. And they had to close the doors. And it was obviously the, the, the ushers and the helpers and the attendants who had to close the doors. And there was people outside shouting and roaring in, saying you cannot stop us coming into our own church. I mean, that's hard for, for both involved.
2: Yeah, uh, because if you go anywhere and it's full, you can't go in. That's the reality. If it's full, you can't go in, and we can only hold uh, so many. And you try to do the best you can, you know, to, facil- to facilitate people. Um, so I think people just have to be reasonable, because I think we're trying to do the best we can, and um, we can change that. What was the first question? You asked me two questions there. No, um.
5: Regarding this was for people first of all who yesterday we had people saying that the church is for all it's a church for all people you yeah. cannot stop us coming in.
2: Right. But well, that's if it's full we, that's what we have to do we just can't and just say like, we have a facility that you can hear mass outside we have a speaker and I think a lot of churches would have that but what will happen and I think one of the things that's happening in Ireland very strongly at the moment is that people are watching where people break the rules and are not happy with it and they have no problem calling that out. So I think, and I, we've warned our ushers and just our pastoral council that we try and keep them as best we can. You know, but the difficulty comes is when you have an anniversary mass and a lot of people come because of it. And then the people come every week you know, the church is fuller.
5: Yeah, that's and, and those important. that are always going to Mass, that, that go yes. week in, week out and they come along then and they can't get in, uh, it's an upset for them.
2: That's that's very, uh, that's difficult. And then, how do you upset people who come? It's their, maybe their their dad's or their man's anniversary and they want to come. You know, so we're crossed between both. We try to manage it. You know, but most parishes now have put on extra, you know, there are extra Masses and there's live streaming. Like the obligation isn't there to go every weekend. So instead, if you go on a morning mass, so you have choices.
5: And have you heard from other priests who are finding this tough in the area? Have you spoken about this yourselves? I'm sure if we're getting calls, uh, priests in various parishes, like we're not calling out individual parishes because I think it's a bit unfair because you could be singling out one right, particular yeah. helper and, and because of that uh, it, it could cause problems and upset. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you would agree for a, a small rural parish if I name the name here yeah. on air I'm singling no, out one no. person and that could cause uh, a negative effect for that person. So, uh, And because we've got so many calls in from various parishes that could be here all day naming out every parish in Cork but right. uh, on that uh, on particular maybe one particular spot or one particular area uh, have you heard uh, from priests who are finding the is tough and just finding that there's no right or wrong or, or, or no winning in this situation?
2: Well, I'll be honest with Jean Paul, we haven't met as a group that much. We, we haven't because of restrictions. Like, I think fellas are trying to manage as best they can. There's some of the lads that I would be friendly with and we all have our own way of trying to manage it. Like, we've been given guidelines and if you try and stick to the guidelines, um, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, the, the, the priest that I know now, I haven't heard that there are huge problems. I haven't. They're not on that list. <laughs> um, but I'm sure there are in other places because nobody's going to get a right all the time. So, um, And it's something we'll have to watch because this is here for to stay, I think, for a while. And uh, hopefully we'll be getting better at so, it.
5: And if there is a situation like if you have somebody who feels very strong and feels that they don't need particular helpers in this church uh, and and they feel the helpers are rude to them uh, and they don't want to approach the priest uh, in that situation I mean who do they approach? Is there someone they can they can complain to within the church organisations well, if they're not happy to go we, to their own parish and complain?
2: Well we within within um, the parish now we do two churches and there's a COVID officer in each place and I think Um, We have publicised, now that you say it, I think maybe we need to publicise it a bit more, that these are lay people, volunteers, that if they wish to go to them and just say, look, would you ever tell not to be telling me where to go? And that would be fine. You know, I think we try and facilitate people.
5: And then for for the likes of those helpers who were being abused I mean what do you say to those in that situation when they're sitting there or they're trying to uh, do their job that they've volunteered to do in the the church because some people are saying they're bossy on text here while others are saying they're simply trying to do the best they can and I suppose if you do get two or three people then who are giving out to you you can put you in a bad mood. Well
2: it is I've got it myself I've got it over a particular incident that the church wasn't clean enough the day after that terrible storm and um, but and it, the church had been cleaned for four hours the day previously, an old church, and it's slate on timber, and it's just all these particles fall down. And I, I was just told that the place was filthy and it hadn't been cleaned. It was a bit difficult to take because I had been there with the volunteers, and we cleaning it. You know, I thought it was a bit unreasonable, but it didn't look very clean, but it could have been put in there. A, in a, you just have to keep your cool. Easier said than done.
5: Uh, well indeed and, and it is something that has uh, irked a lot of people not only yesterday but this morning here on our phone lines and for the moment for the Tim uh, thanks for outlining anyhow of what can be done and, and how churches are handling the situation the best way they and can I, at I, the moment
2: Just to say John Paul just say, I, I appreciate that you bring it up because it's by us getting feedback like this we will learn something and you know
5: we can do a bit better so thank you as well uh, Well yeah we got the call so we, we said we'd, we'd raise okay. the issue and as I said we've got a lot of uh, a big reaction uh, from that so you know there's, there's two things to look two ways to look at this I suppose uh, first of all people while well, they speaking for the church obviously the church still means a lot to a lot of people if they're so irked by this uh, but also if there's a problem there uh, it needs to be raised and hopefully now out of this conversation churches will look at this weekend and things might change in those parishes that we've yeah. got ticks on we'll okay. wait and see what happens for the moment for the Uh, thanks for joining us this morning Uh, thanks for joining us uh, outlining what uh, they can do and what priests can do in this particular situation that's Father Tim Hazelwood uh, who's a parish priest in Killa Uh, he also of course overall is a part of the Association of Catholic Priests and on this a number of texts and again uh, WhatsApp first of all uh, from a person who says I think it's very unfair for anyone to say people should be thrown out of a church prayer is vital at times like this and I think everyone should be allowed to go to Mass also Helpers should offer help but told if they find resistance back off and leave people alone. It's a sad day for us if we are fighting in the church, says that particular person on WhatsApp. While PJ says in most churches now, every second and third seat is closed off to allow for social distancing. So if the seats are the ones that people would usually use, they are simply not available. That's it, end of, period, says PJ. While Joan's saying, if it is a situation that you go up the aisle, you go down another side aisle and there is something wrong, why not highlight this to the helper at the end of Mass and then maybe ring the parish assembly or priest during the week if it isn't dealt with. The feedback, as Father Tim has says, is something we need. And this is a new thing for everyone including the churches that we are all dealing with while. Dermot on text says, I am surprised you were entertaining these old biddies this morning giving out. There are so many other churches out there. If they are not happy with where they are going to mass in that particular church then go elsewhere. Everybody has to abide by helpers even when you go into your local supermarket. Uh, that's Dermot on text 0862 103, 103. Uh, and lots more coming into us. We'll get you through them across the afternoon and more after midday on the situation in our churches. Uh, also on the way after Midday, we will uh, be going gardening with Peter Dodol. He's along answering your gardening queries. So, if you have a question for Peter, uh, get that into us. Both Bernie and Sadie uh, taking your calls in relation to gardening questions. You can call them now, 1850 333 103. A text of WhatsApp, 086 103 103. Uh, but it's staying with the churches for a moment. A text in here, or an email, sorry, in here uh, that came into us uh, just before we spoke to Father Tim. This is from Jeremy. And Jeremy says I am a Catholic but I gave up going to mass for this very reason, the so-called Holy Joes with their I am right and everyone else is wrong attitude all these ones, as Jeremy puts it, are going to mass. They have an attitude. I am not sure of each situation but the first text you read yesterday had a problem with the helpers and maybe they are too controlling in her church. But the two of them are in the wrong. The helpers thinking they are God and the person coming in thinking she is above the helpers and also thinking she is God. They are there to pray to God not themselves. This is the Reason I gave up going to Mass, but I did not give up my faith. I now go to a service in my local Church of Ireland. It's so calming and it's a beautiful service. We are all praying to the one God anyway, if you believe in Him. Very little difference, no heirs or graces, says Jeremy. Yes, there is a person at the door guiding you in, but everybody is civil. So while the Catholics are bitter and fighting at the church door, Jeremy is saying you won't see this at the Church of Ireland service listening to those giving out no wonder I left going to Mass why are they going in the first place uh, that's Jeremy uh, Jeremy's view by the way uh, he emailed us jp at c103.ie good afternoon to you Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this afternoon 1850 333 103 text or whatsapp 0862103103. or indeed you can email jp at c103.ie you can tweet this afternoon at c103corkpeter.com cork Peter is along from 12.30 answering all your gardening questions. If you have a question for Peter, a lot of them in at the moment you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Uh, he'll join us after 12.30. But just going back to your comments uh, this morning into the programme on various issues. Uh, first of all, let's go to the issue we spoke about just before news at, at midday there that was regarding the churches and the mixed responses we got yesterday uh, regarding churches on helpers in the churches. These are the people at the door who welcome you to the church and they direct you to where to sit and to sanitise and all of that. Uh, some people thought it was a good idea. Uh, many people had no issue with them. Uh, some people felt they were being abused and others felt they were too bossy and should not be allowed uh, there and there should no need for them in the church. They felt we all know about COVID. We don't need them and we'll sleep where we want. Uh, that was a general consensus. And it was from all various parishes across the county yesterday and people had their own views and their own uh, say on that. So we did speak with Father Tim Hazelwood, who is a member of the Association of Catholic Priests and it's something that because it's been raised in the show now, maybe he says we need to look at this and look at the situation and see how this is conducted uh, because of the feedback that we have got here yesterday afternoon and indeed again today on the particular issue for those who do attend Mass over the last number of weeks. Just some of your calls and comments on this. First of all, uh, a texter here saying, listen to this on the church again today I do hate the comment bossy when we were being trained we were told to welcome people and on the way out to wish them a nice day with yesterday's counts better keep their fingers crossed. I presume you mean the figures that were released yesterday in relation to COVID cases in the Republic. And that was one of the highest figures since May. But uh, this particular text is saying because of that, uh, those better who are coming to church keep their fingers crossed that the church will remain opened. We had a sermon recently. Our priest said, it is volunteers we need not critics, uh, says that particular texter on 86 Mary from Skibereen says, I think people should stay at home if they are going to be so complainful. The helpers are wonderful, I think, and they are trying to do the best they can. Uh, pray at home if those people are not happy. After all, it's about worshipping the Lord, I think. Uh, she's saying well done to everyone in Skibbereen Cathedral for helping out on what they do, says Mary in Skibereen. While well, a listener from Mallow uh, on this uh, subject is saying that uh, she must, she was holidaying recently in Skull on a staycation and I must compliment the team of stewards and those sanitising on the way in. It was very well organised and I must say I felt safe but I did notice a few people ignoring the stewards and they were saying you can't tell me what to do and that kind of attitude and I will sit where I want. I also realised the church was full but they had seating outside and a loudspeaker and it was all done very, very, very well, says a listener in Mallow. And that's the majority of calls are basically like that from people. That's just a selection of of comments coming in uh, from people who are saying maybe it's no harm to highlight this now for those who are unhappy with helpers in their church. This might change things uh, on the coming weekend because as Father Tim said, priests now uh, are are discussing this and if they feel there is a problem, if they're visibly, uh, if they can see there's a problem, things might change from this weekend onwards. They're also suggesting if you have an issue to contact your local parish and contact the local priest and say to him if you're not happy uh, with what's happening in your church uh, and raise issues. If you see issues to raise them uh, with the particular uh, person involved or in charge of the particular running of the church. A lot of people then uh, can't believe what they're hearing A lot of people asking, what is going on? People are going to church to pray. Does it matter where they sit? Yes, we understand people uh, sit in a certain place every day, says uh, Dan on text, buddies, or every time they go to Mass. But he says, surely everybody's life has changed because of what's going on over the last few months. So even though if your family uh, and those before you sat in a particular seat for 40, 50 years, Surely for a few months until uh, things change, they can sit somewhere else until things change. We're all making sacrifices. Again, you were going to the church to show respect and pray. Uh, While Monica is saying, I can't believe there's people abusing those helpers going to the church. After all, you're going to the church if you want to sanitise, sanitise. There's no one asking you to sanitise, they just simply highlight you to sanitise like they do when you go into most supermarkets or shopping centres. You go in, you sanitise and then you sit where the appropriate seat is. You obviously don't sit on top of people because of the current circumstances but I don't see what the fuss is about and why are people making a fuss over nothing, uh, says Monica on text. While Eileen said she had a funeral uh, recently for her sister so Eileen sorry for your loss uh, and and the funeral uh, was in the church but uh, for the rosary part of it it was the relative's who led the rosary because there was no priest and that's not uncommon. That's happening a lot more whereby uh, lay people are now saying the rosaries for a lot uh, of, when it comes to the removal uh, for a funeral part, uh, it's the lay people are saying the rosary and that's due to the lack of priests that are, are not in the area and as I mentioned earlier, while we're having this conversation in one way, it could be good because people are still interested in the church for those who believe in that and there's others out there of course then who have a different opinion of the church and don't believe in that and don't believe in anything uh, to do with God. So uh, there's also mixed views when it comes to that. Uh, on, on this though, Steph is saying, uh, listening to all your callers and reports about people going to mass and their problems adhering to the various COVID regulations, can I suggest that because of this, we must certainly realise that no to the pubs. The pubs could not possibly open these days. She says, please pass it on to the likes of Michael Collins. He was on Prime Time last night looking for those bars to open, but if people are fighting on the way into a church and won't adhere to the various COVID regulations. How in God's name then can we open the bars, uh, says Steph on WhatsApp to 086-2103-103. Some of your calls and comments in relation to the churches. Also another issue issues we've we've been uh, discussing this morning, first of all I mentioned the roads issue uh, to the County Mayor Mary and Foley earlier and she uh, was discussing the fact that they do need to look at funding but also and they need to look at ongoing maintenance for the roads, maybe bringing in private individuals to maintain roads at certain times of the year because of what we saw over the last number of weeks, particularly in West Cork with roads flooding and being washed away. Uh, those highlighted were in the Ross Carberry and Glendora areas, Rathbury and elsewhere. But on that, Richard and Castletown Bear is saying there are approximately 300,000 people getting state benefits at the moment by way of the COVID payment. Surely some of them could be brought in to clear the drains. And at this time of the year, the leaves are falling and they're blocking the drains. So rather than waiting for something to happen, they should now clear the leaves and start working on this particular situation, says Richard in Castletown Bear. On the issue of masks, Jerry is on to say that he was in Cork yesterday with his wife and they were attending a hospital. But Jerry said, I could not believe how many of the staff were not wearing masks. Jerry is elderly and she would not chance going on the bus. So they drove there. But he went for a coffee and he said four people sat and there were staff, he says, sat down together uh, for over an hour and there was no social distancing, no masks on. And he asks, well, is that a bad impression to be giving when you're visiting a hospital, uh, says Jerry. While on the issue of smokeless coal and people had different views on smokeless coal, well, Peggy in the city says, I use smokeless coal all the time. I have no issues and I think it's great. So she doesn't know what people are giving you about smokeless coal for. And finally, we spoke with the independence councillor, Frank Roach, earlier and this was concerns from people uh, who noticed and those who were waiting to go to court yesterday crowds outside the courthouse in Malo. Some uh, say that there was too many uh, hanging around the courthouse uh, trying to go in for various things because uh, they could not be actually inside in the courthouse. Well Michael O'Sullivan in Bear on WhatsApp says listening to that conversation and the crowd waiting all day outside the courthouse in Malau is absolutely disgusting coming from the court service. It goes to show the disregard they have for the general public. There is no way any judge could get through over 100 cases plus in an ordinary day, not to mention in the current circumstances, says Michael in Castletown Bear, and we have uh, contacted the court service on what exactly was happening yesterday, that there were so many people left waiting around outside uh, that area of Mallow, which is a busy area because uh, you have schools nearby, shopping centres nearby, so it would be a busy enough area. Anyhow, uh, thank you for your text, Michael on 0862 103 103. And stay with a priest for the moment because Ronnie in Mallow she says she wants to congrats uh, Father Michael Toomey in Clamel, who was appointed parish priest of Art Finan. and while people are on about going to Mass uh, and maybe people are scared to go to Mass Ronnie said she watches Mass every morning and she continues to do so on RTE News because Ronnie is that particular priest's aunt but there's an option for people who might not be happy about going to Mass they can also watch them online Anyhow your calls and comments are welcome on that two zero eight six two one zero three one zero three 086 2103103 by Texer WhatsApp or call Bernie or Sadie on 1850-333-103. The C-103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit CorkCoco.ie and Anamkara support group for bereaved parents they're returning to their group meetings with safety measures in place tonight at 7.15 in the Clayton Hotel in Silver Springs and then in the Monster Arms Hotel in Bandon on next Tuesday the 15th of September at 7.15pm Skibberine Country Market will reopen on Friday the 4th of September from 11.30am to 1.30pm in Abbey Stewie Church Hall Skibberine with cakes, crafts and lots more and the West Cork Toastmasters there back in action on Saturday the 5th of September and they'll be doing it online via Zoom so if you want to get involved there or if you're a non-member you can also get involved to click on their link for their upcoming meetings you can email westcorktm at gmail.com and Tully Lease Parish Penny Dinners collection that is coming up on this coming Sunday from 11am to 1pm in the community centre in Tully Lease uh, they'll accept home baking cash donations and perishable goods you're asked to please support for Penny Dinners this Sunday. Sunday in Tullylease and World Suicide Prevention Day uh, that is going on Thursday, the 10th of September this year. And Charnival Suicide Awareness Group they are asking people to light a candle in remembrance of those who have passed away and for their family and friends.
1: Connect with C103 on Twitter now. Search for our Twitter handle at C103Cork. Court today
5: on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 333 103 Sticking with the issue of our pubs and indeed churches and people are making the comparison that people are giving out about Uh, how they go into Mass and they're giving you all about the helpers uh, at Mass helping them or showing them to the seats and asking them to sanitise how in God's name will people deal with if the pubs open now some are serving food and there seems to be no issue there but what if the wet pubs open and then you have people going in to rural wet pubs and there's someone at the door asking them to do this and that will that cause an issue Uh, says Jerry. while Anne says I think they should open the wet pubs it would stop all the gangs drinking outside and help the owners of the pubs I don't see Uh, the reason behind having food or not in pub says Anne uh, reacting to an earlier text by Steph uh, on why she felt pub should remain closed listening to what's the agreements and disagreements on the churches and back to the churches Morris says uh, J.P., is going to Mass supposed to be all about love, caring and all good things? If a person is such an old grumpy, stay at home. You have no business into a church if you have that attitude, uh, says Mora on text. Well, a texter here is saying where he lives, uh, they allow up to 50 people for each Mass every Sunday. So what they did was they had a phone number for people to ring during the week to allow the person book a place for a particular Mass each Sunday. And then when they reach 50 people, they inform the quarters and advise them then to book in for a different time uh <laughs> Now, the church had to discontinue the parish phone number because people didn't bother ringing and they just turned up for the mass unannounced and causing the numbers to go over the 50 mark limit. The church were trying to stay within the safe guidelines, but some people did their own and it didn't work. Uh, so that led to that all changing for that particular parish in Cork. Thank you for your text on that. And relation to mobile phones, Frick is on, uh, can you check if the air mobile service is down in Passage West. I can't get onto any of my services. Well on that there was a problem earlier. It could be returning shortly for you Frick there in Passage West but Air did have a problem over the last three hours with their service. It was down in some areas of the county uh, but that should be returning now uh, according to them anyhow it should be returning in the next while. Well. Uh, but if you have a, an issue with Air that is the reason their service was down. They are working on that and it should be on the way up over the next uh, hour or few hours anyhow. Hopefully that helps. Do their Frick in Passage West on text uh, on WhatsApp anyhow so obviously you have the, the broadband in place the WhatsApp on 0862103103 now and we didn't get to this on the show yesterday, but it is a year on since the uh, fire at the Douglas Shopping Centre, which devastated so many businesses there in the area and people moving uh, to different locations. And obviously did have a knock-in effect for Douglas uh, and also with regards to parking, which we heard about on the show last week. Our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran was in Douglas this week uh, discussing what things are like and when that shopping centre could reopen one year on after the fire.
0: Well, obviously, you know, there's a lot happened, um, including a global pandemic having an impact on all of us as well, you know. So we have been working throughout the whole time, just getting ready and uh, pushing things hard. And as a result of that, now we are on target to open on the 12th of November. As you may remember, our initial date was actually around now. So it has kind of, it hasn't stopped us, but it has certainly delayed us a little bit. Now we're on target for the Thursday, 12th of November, and um, we're preparing to reopen. You know, so what you'll see, what you will see on the um, on the opening, will be plenty of social distancing for sure. But uh, we'll have M&S, TK Maxx, Tesco. Um, they're already on site, fitting out the store as well. And there's an upgrade. We're upgrading the mall as well. We're replacing the floor. There's new, there's new tiling being being installed. And uh, you know, we'll have a we'll have a strong mix of of the retail offering as as we had before, you know, so between, you know, cafes, pharmacies, restaurants, fashion offering and all of that, you know, so that's the plan. We've lost few, yeah, we've lost few and um, even more upsetting as a result of an actual pandemic rather than, than anything else because some of, the, some of the retailers has actually liquidated the retail side of things and just remain online and stuff like that. So it's a handful of retailers at this stage, but, you know, we haven't finalized the details of everybody coming back um, yes but uh, it's going in a good direction so there'll be there'll be plenty to offer on the on the um, on the day and you know for the remaining part of the year things were you know gaining a great momentum and you know then we had to close the site which which was a bit upsetting but look we've came back uh then in may when we were able to reopen and it's you know again working hard things are moving there's again we had to review the program and kind of adjust a couple of things but um it's going fighters plenty we have about we have about nearly 150 people on site at the moment which is again it's hard to manage for the main contractor because again we need to be sure everything is fully compliant with the policies and you know people do keep the distance the work takes place in a safe manner as well and all of that so it's so 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 it's not that straightforward but uh, you know it's going fine and you know we're on target the date hasn't changed and and I don't see it changing now so you know we're excited and delighted and you know there's a huge Expectation in the area as well, like they, like they want us to be back. You know, there's a you know, I like everywhere I go, like I meet a customer who says, You know, I can't wait for November and for the center to be open again, which is very encouraging and and and, and you know, and great for us. You know, it's it's it really pushes us to try even more. You know? The retailers here have told us it was nearly like you know, the day after the fire, it's almost like someone have closed the tap, you know, and uh, it's things just stopped. Now, the Douglas, Douglas still has a lot of great things to offer. But uh, certainly, you know, we'll, we'll transform that offering way, 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 way up there, you know. So so they're all expecting it. And, you know, like, I mean, as everything else, you know, it's um, it takes time. But we're nearly there now, you know. You it's to be honest, for me, like, at some in some way, you know, it feels like it went very quick. But it also has been a long time as well, you know. We, we, we would like to be back to normal or call it a new normal. But you know it's um it's a very we're at the heart of community there's no doubt about it you know we're a very big part of it and um we have a strong link with a a lot of activities here and and and, you know a lot of customers a lot of different you know schools groups everything else you know we just can't wait to kind of have this link back and you know be back to normal and welcome everybody back really you know 12th of november it's a good timing it's you know it's a it's, it's a good timing in many ways you know and it's just Ahead of this kind of Christmas rush, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to envision how it's going to look this year because obviously this year will be different as to any other years, you know, because we're dealing with a um, with a worldwide issue, you know, of of COVID. But look, we'll we'll deal with it as well, you know
5: and it's one year on this week to that particular fire which devastated the Douglas Village Shopping Centre and that was uh, Barthas there the uh, general manager speaking and ending that report from our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran who was in Douglas this week and hopefully by the end of the year they'll be up and running there and reopened by November Uh, but uh, again a lot of work had to go in to get that particular shopping centre open and best wishes to all there at the Douglas Village Shopping Centre and it will be a boost to the area when that does reopen later in November And back to the church issue. First of all, someone mentioned yesterday to you about the GAA as they were comparing the church to the GAA. Well, this texter says the church, uh, the GAA, is a public place where you pay to go in and the church is for the people owned by us all. Another texter saying, are you saying, Well, I'm not saying it, these are the the people that are texting and, and calling into the show. Are they saying we are all thick and that we can't manage without helpers? It's just a joke. While Eileen says she was in her local church and she was shown into a seat by a helper uh, but then she had to pass by a man who was sitting on the outside and the same when she was going up for communion she had to pass close to the same man so she has not gone there since whoever gets to a seat first should be asked to move down along feels Eileen while Jane is in Mallow uh, she go, she's a Church of Ireland and she said it's nice to have helpers at the particular churches because Jane has not been to church in a long time and uh, she is cocooning but she 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 would like to get back to the church as she misses the social aspect. It's a pity people are arguing over uh, helpers at their churches. While Anne on WhatsApp to 0862103103 says the people who were cribbing about the helpers in the churches should stay at home and watch Mass on Facebook or TV. And instead of complaining, they should be delighted that they are allowed to go to the church. I can't see my children or indeed grandchildren because they are abroad. But we have to accept these things. But in saying that, you will always find people who have to complain about something, says Anne on WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Let's move from that issue to gardening because Peter Doddall is along with gardening advice next. And the Irish gardener Peter Doddall himself joins us this afternoon. Afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And we have an amount of questions after coming into us over the course of the morning, so I'm going to get straight into them uh, so we can get us through as many as we can between now and just before one o'clock. I'm going to start with Mary, who's in Kishkem Peter, because uh, she has strawberries, and they have finished fruiting, and she wants to know, should I cut back the leaves now, or how do I care for them for next year?
7: There's very little to do with strawberries, actually. Uh, they're an easy enough plant to grow, the most important thing is around the time of fruiting that you protect the fruits from from pests and even just from, from dirt. Uh, so at this time of the year, you could look at uh, harvesting, the not harvesting the runners, but propagating the runners. So the runners are these little stolons, these little long horizontal stems which come out and you have a little rosette of leaves at the end of it. It can travel a foot or more from the parent plant. Now that little rosette at the end of the runner will become a new plant. So you could try pinning that into either a pot full of soil or into soil in the open ground. And that will develop roots over the next couple of weeks and months so you leave the runner attached uh to the parent plant it's a bit like an umbilical cord john paul and when when the little rosette at the end develops its own roots then you sever that runner or that cord between them and you've got new plants but in terms of the leaves that are on it i wouldn't be too concerned about cutting them back now if any of them are showing obvious signs of pest or disease damage yes just cut them off and remove them but if they all look healthy i'd leave well alone but what you're looking at, as I say, at this time of the year is just uh, pinning those runners into the ground to get some roots going.
5: OK, a text here, and it's about her potatoes, because this year she sat at British Queen's, sat in May, but they look lovely. But are wet inside. She wants to know what is wrong with them.
7: British Queen's set in May. It was a bit late to set them, certainly. Like, they'd be an early season. You'd ideally have them sewn kind of, by March. So I'm just wondering, did maybe did they get a bit of blight? It's Probably still a bit. Yeah, if, I wonder if they got a bit of blight or if, or if you just left them in the ground too long. It, it, I, it's hard to give an exact answer without seeing them. and God love it, without tasting them. I do love my British greens. So um, I would say it's possible that if they're very wet inside and if they're kind of a bit... But they know they wouldn't look perfect either. But I no, I don't know is the short answer. But I'm going to I'm going to hazard that it might be blight. Which the, the reason I'm hesitating there is because they don't normally affect British queens. But that's because you normally have them sown and harvested earlier. So I suspect that's
5: probably what it is. OK, well, we gave you some homework, Peter, and this was from Malletolley Towns. We sent on pictures there to you yesterday. And it's of their rose bushes. Uh, and the pictures, uh, they want to know about their particular bushes because some seem to be failing in parts and they want to know what the reason is behind all of this.
7: You, did, you just said there, I sent you some homework and I just uh, uh, I just lost my life. I said, did you? And then I remembered, yes, you did.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and I <looked> <laughs> so we check out to make sure you do your homework.
7: Yeah, you did. You sent me photographs from the Mallow Towns, and those roses are all showing classic signs, unfortunately, and uh, quite widespread signs of black spot, rose black spot. Now, when you're looking at them, you'll see they're primarily yellow in colour, actually, but believe it or not, yellowing is is a classic symptom of rose black spot. I know it may sound confusing, but you do also have black in those leaves as well. Um, So it's a fungal infection, and in this part of the world where we have warm temperatures and a damp climate, fungal infections thrive. And those roses, I couldn't see what type of roses they were or what variety or anything, obviously, but there's an awful lot of growth within them. So when you have that huge amount of stem and leaf growth, you obviously don't have good conditions for air circulation. It's unavoidable. Uh, And when you have poor air circulation and you have a particularly damp July, which we've had, that's just, you're nearly guaranteed to get rose black spot, unfortunately, and, and blossom end wilt and things like this. Um, so that's what's happened with the roses. The, the best course of action to do now is to forget about your textbooks and websites that tell you don't prune back till winter, etc. Cut them back now. Cut off all signs of the diseased growth, which in these roses is, is nearly all of the growth. Cut them back hard now. Uh, drench your roses with with a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water, Uh, that's that so you're removing most of the infection physically by pruning them back you're treating the infection with the organic fungus like which is the copper sulfate and then you need to feed the roses feed them heavily because roses quite simply the more you feed them the better they're going to do it's a bit like us after our medicine or after we've had an infection we need to be given a tonic to build ourselves back up the roses will need the same but even healthy roses need regular feeding for them to perform well so feed them with a very good rose food uh, I know gouldings do a particularly good liquid gold food I would probably go with that one and you know if we do get a, a good stretch of weather which I'm hoping we will because July uh, and August were so poor um Hopefully, September and October are going to be nice. So if we do get a good stretch of weather, you would expect to see some, some more rose blooms again before the autumn, before the end of the
5: autumn. Okay, and uh, we'll stay with roses, Peter, because Mary and Bandon, uh, could you ask Peter again, when I slip a rose bush to plant the slips? When could I do that? Or when, c- can, when is the best time to do you it? You could still,
7: still do it now. Ideally, you kind of do it July, August, but you could, you'd certainly do it now. You just take the top four inches of, a, of, a, of, a, of a, this year's growth. Remove any flower buds or the terminal bud, which is the leaf bud at the top of the cutting. Cut at a node, which is quite simply where a leaf meets the stem, because that's where you have the, the highest amount of auxins, which are the hormones responsible for promoting roots. So cut at a node, about four inches, leave just one pair of leaves at the top of the cutting into a bit of rooting powder, into some compost. It, it is gone quite chilly now. You know you're into autumn, so I probably would keep those cuttings indoors uh, until they develop their roots. Once they have roots, absolutely, I'd move them outside.
5: Okay and Mike wants to know where can or where can he grow ginger as a herb because he brought some uh, in the supermarket recently he sat it but it only decayed so where should he be growing ginger as a herb? He
7: said he sat it and bought. did you say? That yeah he
5: sat the actual uh, what he bought fruit. in the supermarket he sat it but it actually just decayed. It rotted
7: okay so it, it was too, it was dried so. but ginger root like if you buy ginger root in, in the shop and use it as, as a food ingredient um, it's more than likely it has been dried so it, it's not this isn't always true that it won't grow but more often than not that won't grow because the root has, has been desiccated it's dried out um, if you can get a fresh ginger root that isn't particularly dry that will probably grow quite well but you can also buy them Hedictium is ginger that you'd, you'd buy you can often buy them through garden centres or online uh, they will grow quite well here in Ireland I would grow them in a pot in a compost that's free draining and give them a position in full, full sun. They're a very attractive plant, if nothing else. Um, but they, and they will grow. They'll, they'll bulk up quite quickly. So if you can't get one through a garden centre, or if the, I was going to say the green grocer, but they're probably a thing of the past, unfortunately. The supermarket, uh, does, if they have a fresh root that looks green, uh, that will grow. If not, I would say search online for one for as a plant.
5: Okay, Patrick in North Cork, he has a lot of questions about his palm trees. First of all, uh, these palm trees he has, they're 40 years old, they are 20 feet and he wants to bring them down to 6 feet all in one go. His first question is, will this kill them?
7: Most likely, I'm afraid. Now when he's talking about palm trees here, I'm guessing he means conifers like uh, Leyland palms or something like that. Uh, but there are other types of palms, the reason I say that, like like you have the the exotic palms, if you like your cord lines and trachycarpus and things like that, but I'm guessing here that he's talking about something like a leyland palm, um, and no, they don't respond well at all to that kind of pruning, so if, if with conifers, if you prune them, if you can prune them gradually as they grow, and that's fine, and and keep them as a hedge, but if you prune into the brown wood, so if you're going from 20 foot down to 6 foot, then you're going into brown wood, obviously, they'll never recover their shape, uh, and what is brown will never green up so if you come down twenty or fourteen feet in height, you probably also want to come in in width, and you can't cut the width in. If you understand what I'm saying, John, well you can't you can't cut the width into the brown wood because then it's just it's all dead. It's not going to come back. So from twenty feet down to six feet, it's, it's unfortunately I'm afraid it's too dramatic. Uh, if it has to be done, do it, but I'm afraid it's going to look terrible and it's not going to green up again. So I don't. That's not it. It. it it's, it's not a great idea, unfortunately.
5: OK, well, he he still has another palm tree. He says it's only six feet high. And you kind of mentioned that there. Is it OK for him to trim this particular palm tree, the six feet high one, at this time of the year?
7: Uh, he, he, October would be the time to do it. No, it does depend, of course, on which conifer we're talking about because there are literally tens of thousands of them available to to, to grow in Ireland if you like so it does depend to a degree on which one it is but uh, trimming them yes is always okay and it's much better to trim them regularly once or twice a year to stop them getting out of control than it would be to to go as we say from 20 feet to 6 feet so I would probably wait till October but then yes you could do it then
5: and finally for Patrick he wants to know then if he takes branches off the palm trees to grow what kind of compass should he use
7: Cutting some conifers you probably do kind of early next year, actually, kind of February, March would be the time to take cuttings and leave them. even maybe try them in January indoors. Uh, use a good multi-purpose compost. Depending on the conifer will de- determine whether or not you're likely to be successful and also determine the type of cutting, whether you do the nodal cutting like I described earlier for the rose or whether you do a heel cutting, which is where you get a bit of the bark of the heel as well. Uh, but I would probably leave those conifers till January, February, March.
5: Okay, and let's move to Dan in Granada. Now he has the clematis growing up the garden wall. It got very shook during the storms. Now he wants to know should it be cut back down, and how would he go about that?
7: I got shook myself during the storms. <laughs> yeah, <I'm pretty laughs> Everybody <crazy>. did. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully there won't be too many more. Um, yes, you can cut clematis back. Now it does depend on like you can cut them back as hard as you want, and they will come again. So that you, you've no nothing to worry about there, really. Um, Did he say there were newly planted like this
5: year? Yeah well he said he wants to know because they're growing up the garden wall should they be cut back now? He doesn't say when he actually planted them if it was this year or not but he's wondering should he be cutting them back at the moment? Well
7: first of all yes you can cut them back now just to kind of strengthen them and as you say to get rid of that shook look and you won't harm the plant. Now the only hesitation I have is depending on what time of the year that they flower you may lose next year's flowers. So in other words if they're an early flowering clematis like the Montana types the spring flowering clematis they will flower next spring on growth that's produced this year. So they flower on previous year's growth, okay? So if you cut that growth off now, you won't have any spring flowers next year. However, if they're summer flowering clematis or later clematis, which will flower kind of from May, June onwards, um, well, then they flower on current year's growth. So growth that is produced next year, early in the year, will flower later in the year, if that makes sense. So cutting those ones back now will do no harm at all to flowering. Uh, if it's an early type, cutting it back will sacrifice next year's flowers. But whether of which, either which way you go, you're not going to harm the plant by cutting it back
5: now. Okay, Dennis is in Clonacilty. He says, "Ask Peter, how can he prevent apples from getting scabs on the leaves and can apples be grown from seed?
7: Apples can be grown from seed, deal with that one first, but they're not necessarily going to come true to type. So what that means is if you have, let's say, uh, a particular variety like Beauty of Bath or Worcester Permain or any particular variety growing and you grow it Plant the seed of it; it won't necessarily or at all come true to type. You won't have a beauty of bath seedling from the seed. Uh, you could have a crab apple from the seed. You you could have anything really from the seed. But yes, they will grow and quite easily from seed. Um, and the how you prevent scab is it, it's kind of a several pronged approach to it really. But it all comes back to kind of cultural control, John Paul, and what that means is. It's good pruning and good working with the climate that we have. So again, like with the roses with Mallow Tidy Town, um, the scab is another fungal infection. So if if your apple tree is congested with leaves and branches uh, and we get this very wet July and August, then it's uh, it's ideal for the development of fungal problems such as scab. So what we want to do is ensure good air circulation, have a good open crown, open-scented crown to that apple tree. So prune it back in November. Remembering, I can't obviously really advise you how to prune it without seeing it, but just remembering that you want to achieve this open centre. So remove any branches that are going to be crossing. Uh, you don't want congestion. You want branches and buds facing out from the centre outwards, uh, and. Don't worry if you sacrifice a lot of the branches. So if you end up only with five or six branches coming from the main stem, where maybe before you had ten or twelve, don't worry. You might it might look like you're losing a lot of the tree, but less is more in this situation because five or six branches growing well will give you a huge crop of healthy apples. So do that, and then at the time of burst next year, which is when the leaves come back into to, to and burst into growth, if you like, which depending on the weather will be any time from kind of mid March to mid April. Well, at the time that those buds are coming out from the, or those leaves are coming out from the buds, drench the tree again and the soil with that copper sulfate again. Now, copper sulfate is fine to use on an edible plant. It's, it's an organic broad-spectrum fungicide, but it should only be used maximum once a year, really. Um, so do it at the right time. Do it at a time of bud burst. And it's not like something, as I say, that you'd be, be applying once a week or every month, just at the time of bud burst prune it during during November time to have a good open centre and then all going well. You should be hopefully free of it next year.
5: Okay, we'll stay with apples, Peter, because Mary is in Mallow and she has a few apple trees, but the crop is very poor this year. Any reason why that could be?
7: It could be several reasons. It could be pruning. Again, if it's an established apple tree, it's unlikely to be feeding because they should be getting all the nutrients they need from the soil. Uh, However, I'm saying that a scattering of sulfate of potash around the base of it and around the root zone kind of March, April time, will do it no harm because that will give it the potassium and phosphate that it needs, to, or that will help it to promote blossom and then promote the onset of fruit. So sulfate of potash in the middle of the spring will help. Um, it could be pruning. It might need a good pruning, like I was saying. I won't go through how to do all that again, but a good pruning in November will always help, and you want to, to ensure you're having a good you, that you're retaining a good amount of fruiting spurs because that's what will uh, develop into fruits next year. Also, uh, it could be, I'm afraid, it could be just a, a, a desperate sign of our times with the dwindling bee population. It's the bees and butterflies and think Well, the butterflies not at that time of year, but it's the bees that will pollinate the, the apple trees. So you, you need the bees to travel into one flower. This is how they actually do it. They travel into a flower, they'll feed away on their nectar, and then they'll get pollen trapped in their wings and on their feet. They'll fly into another flower and drop off the pollen from the first flower. And that's how the, the magic of nature works. It's as simple as that. And if we don't have bees to do that work, we don't have apples. So it could be, unfortunately, the, 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 a lack of bees. So maybe plant some, put in some plants that will attract bees into the garden uh, at that time of the year. Uh, I should have asked, or I should have mentioned at the start, she doesn't say whether she had lots of flowers and then very few fruits. No, she doesn't say that. Yeah. No. So if it, if it, she had lots of flowers but very few fruits, then it is a pollinating issue. If she didn't have many flowers in the first place, then it's a feeding
5: and pruning issue. OK, well, best of luck uh, with that. I know there was a lot of people over the weeks asking the same regarding the apple trees. So there uh, there must be something in the air this year regarding apple trees. Uh, I've had a load more questions in, but I'm over on time, Peter, so we have to leave it there. Uh, how are things going for you, by the way, regarding talks uh, and that type of thing at the moment? Is it all online or, or well, are you doing any more celebrity it's visits? Just,
7: just doing, a, in about an hour's time, actually, just doing, a, a, believe it or not, a, a virtual gardening seminar to... to uh, as part of the Google Wellness Weekend, so into the Google campus. So we've all all the, the techies are getting into gardening now and uh, so all that stuff is online, yeah, uh, and it, it it's it's uh, as you know, the two things that have exploded during the, the Covid nineteen lockdown. Are obviously everything online and also gardening. So yeah, never yeah. busier.
5: Never so the both are are mixing in well. And uh, I know when you visited Peter O'Many, the Munster rugby player's house, an Irish rugby player, uh, there was a, a good take up on that. Another Anne asking here, any more celebrity visits, Peter? Are you heading well, off?
7: We we'll wait and see if I if if I learn of any other celebrity who, celebrities. Even though I hate the term, that are into into the their gardens, I'll certainly drop them a line and see if they if, if they'd welcome a visit. Uh, but yeah, no, that video went very very well. A lot of people liked it and related. And of course, Peter Manny is such a likable fella, and he, he's he's so into the garden himself that that video did very well. But yeah, we're always on the lookout and. Um, but yeah, watch
5: this space. Watch this space, as you say. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. No better man, Peter. For the moment, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll chat to you next Wednesday. Uh, that is Peter Doddle, the Irish Gardener. Find more on him on theirishgardener.com, or indeed search for the Irish Gardener on Facebook and indeed on Instagram. My thanks to Bernie and City who worked on the show today. I'm John Paul McNamara. We'll chat to you tomorrow morning from ten am with Cork Today. Enjoy your Wednesday afternoon.